You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, I hope you made it through our two-tone blue Monday after the loss to the Ravens in the end of what was a promising season. And if you're like me, you still have some lingering feelings. Of course, time heals all wounds, as they say, but some of the decisions that were made, some of the things that took place during the season still just not sitting right with me. And quite frankly, the only way to get closure is to get answers. And that's what I want to do today. And of course, in my mind, the only way to solve problems is to talk more. Shocker. So we are going to talk things out, a a talk it out Tuesday, if you will. Of course, bringing back my alliteration addiction. I cannot stop. But I want to do that today. And we're going to do that by breaking down Mike Vrabel's season-ending press conference. I want to play you guys some of the clips that I found most interesting, and I have a lot to say about these clips. It's not just the the audio that I want you to hear. I have um, some takes, I guess, to talk through so I can talk through some of these feelings that I'm sure you guys are feeling as well and, and see if we can find some answers that I'm sure you guys are hoping for as well. So we are going to hear directly from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel and kind of talk things out and hear what he had to say about some of the issues and some of the questions that fans had. So excited to dive into that. Before we do, though, we do have some Titans news to talk about on this Tuesday. We have some roster news. The Titans actually signed 14 players on Monday. So I'm going to go through the list and tell you basically which ones matter and which ones don't. So excited to do that for you guys as well. We will round out the Titans news by talking about the biggest Titans name in the news right now, and that's Arthur Smith. Talk about the newest development in his situation. So excited to dive into this kind of, you know, talk things out Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. ended on Sunday and they did not wait long to start trying to mold the roster for 2021. That's right. On Monday, the Tennessee Titans did sign 14 players to contracts, but these aren't the normal contracts that you would typically see. These are futures contracts. What that means is it's players that ended the season on practice squad or not on a team whatsoever, and the Titans have some interest in bringing them on to training camp. These are guys who are going to be in the back end of the roster. Think not just the back end of the roster, but the back end of the training camp roster, talking the 90-man version. So these are guys that the Titans just want to bring into camp, get a look at. You'll recognize some of the names as guys who started on the practice squad at the beginning of the year for the Titans or ended up even getting called up into games for the Titans and have had some game experience. But I want to go through the list of players and essentially just tell you which names could actually make a difference for the Titans next year. Now, of course, you never know what a guy's going to do in the offseason, how he takes the coaching, how he could possibly improve. There's no reason that any of the players on this list couldn't make a big jump and become full-time NFL contributors, even if it's, you know, the the 50th man on the team. These guys could still impact the Titans, but we do have reason to believe that certain names on this list have a more likely chance of helping next year's Tennessee Titans than others. So we are going to start offensive tackle 
Paul Adams. And then we have a name that you guys will recognize, wide receiver Rashard Davis, who has spent a ton of time in the Titans organization. Another name you might recognize is tight end Parker Hesse from the beginning of the season. Then we have wide receiver Cody Hollister, who's also spent a lot of time in the Titans organization in recent years. Then another tight end. The Titans obviously like these two tight ends. Tight end Tommy Hudson will join Parker Hesse with a futures contract. So those are two tight ends that the Titans clearly have a little bit of an interest in whether or not they impact the team remains to be seen. There's a lot of competition at tight end, but clearly the Titans have their eyes on those two guys and want to keep developing them. Linebacker Jan Johnson. Then we have another offensive tackle in Brandon Kemp. He's a big guy out of TCU. Next, an interesting name here. Quarterback Deshaun Kaiser, who obviously has real NFL experience as a backup. I personally have been skeptical of the Titans' backup position all season long, and if Logan Woodside is the backup next year, I will continue to be skeptical of the Titans' backup position. A guy guy like Deshaun Kaiser has had his ups and downs in the NFL. He's a borderline NFL player, but he does have some decent athletic traits. He does have a decent arm. The accuracy isn't necessarily there reading the defenses, all the mental aspects of playing the game he needs to develop on a lot more, but I certainly would trust Deshaun Kaiser more than I would trust Logan Woodside if put in the spot to actually play. If Tan Tannehill went down, and he has some similar qualities to Ryan Tannehill that Logan Woodside doesn't possess, like mobility, size, arm strength, so I think he would be a cleaner fit in a backup situation, so I definitely think that's something the Titans need to attack, but Kaiser is an interesting name. Kicker Tucker McCann as well gives you versatility as a punter and a kicker, but When uh, the Titans season was on the line and they needed an extra kicker, McCann wasn't the guy who got the call. So can't really expect much from him. Maybe they view him as more of a developmental punter than necessarily a kicker. Center Daniel Murner, he obviously got the the call up with Aaron Brewer being on COVID and Saffold being a a little risky with injury there in the playoff game. So clearly the Titans want to continue developing him. And he is a guy who could maybe take a leap, get on the active roster and serve as a backup next year. Certainly would like to give him a shot over Jameel Douglas next season. Defensive end Nate Orchard, long snapper Matt Orzek. Then another name that I find very interesting, wide receiver Chester Rogers. And in my opinion, based on his NFL experience, actual tangible NFL experience, multiple years in the league, especially with the Indianapolis Colts, I would say that he's a guy, in my opinion, who is a better player than Khalif Raymond, um, Nick Westbrook Aquina or somebody like Cody Hollister, um, a name like Cam Batson, that's up in the air. But, you know, I think Chester Rogers, maybe he struggled to learn the system. He came in midseason, and they didn't feel comfortable putting him out there. But with a, a regular offseason, or at least a semi-regular offseason, and knowing the organization, I think there's a chance that Rogers could win a roster spot and be a good back end of the receiver room guy. And then the last guy on the list is linebacker Tazar Skipper. And I thought Skipper played well with the Titans at the end of the year in his role. And he was just a an early down run stuffing linebacker. Doesn't really have much in the way of pass rush, but you know, you need role players and backup guys who know the system and can be counted on. So Skipper is a guy who I, I would like to see the Titans keep around next season, if not on the active roster on the practice squad again. That would be something I would like to see. So those are the names. Remember, these are futures contracts, non-guaranteed deals that are basically just a way to get practice squad level guys into training camp who you are interested in. So that's what to look for there. The last piece of news, it's quick. 
Arthur Smith interviewed with the Jacksonville Jaguars not long after the Titans lost to Baltimore, and it has caused some consternation in the Titans fan base. First and foremost, I have no issue with it whatsoever. The season is over. He's a wanted candidate. I don't expect any kind of loyalty from Arthur Smith to go home and be sad that the Titans lost rather than trying to further his career. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make Arthur Smith any less of a Tennessee Titans guy because he went and interviewed six hours later. Some of you disagree, that's fine, but that's just the way I see it. Also, there are some people who are saying that, you know, maybe he didn't have as good of a game plan, maybe he wasn't, you know, his head as into the game, he was worried about his interviews that are obviously coming, he was maybe ready to get to his interviews rather than continue the Titans' playoff run, and I guess... In my world, I just simply don't believe that about Arthur Smith. Everything we've heard about him as a man, him as a coach, his type of character, what type of worker he is, the way his players talk about him, I just don't believe that that's the case with Arthur Smith. I'm willing to be wrong on that if if that's what it is. We'll never truly know, but I just don't believe that Arthur would do that. I I believe in his professionalism, and uh, if anything... You could just say the Ravens have good coaches, the Titans. You could criticize Arthur's game plan, and I intend to do so later in the week, but... Uh, I don't think that it was a lack of effort or his mind being in the wrong place that caused that to happen. So that's just something that I wanted to touch on. Obviously, it's news and and Art's uh, job status and, and where he ends up going if he goes anywhere is something that I will continue to mention and continue to follow. One thing I will say is I think it's interesting. The Eagles also fired their head coach Doug Peterson on Sun or on Monday, so maybe Arthur gets a look there. But in my opinion, I have a theory that. Every single team that had an opening brought Arthur Smith in as a fact-finding mission. They did that because they don't think that any of the other teams are actually going to hire him, but they want to get his insight. Teams do that all the time. They do interviews with candidates. They know that they're not going to hire, but they're still smart guys who are performing well, and you want to pick their brain and see what their process is and see if that helps you. So that's something that NFL teams might be doing with Arthur Smith. I actually think there's a decent chance that he ends up back in Tennessee next year. So once again, could be wrong on that as well, but just a little theory that it would make a little bit of sense. But let's move into the highlights from Mike Vrabel's press conference, see if we can get some answers and see if we can maybe talk out those lingering feelings that we have. Before we jump into that, though, I want to remind you guys of a couple of things. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream, as I will be bringing you Tennessee Titans news and analysis Monday through Friday throughout the entire offseason. And then, before we do hop into Mike Rabel's answers or lack thereof for some of the questions that we all have from the season, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at betonline.ag. So the NFL playoffs continue. If you're a football junkie like me, then you want to you want to keep up with the NFL playoffs and enjoy watching the football. You can make things a little more interesting and maybe play some wagers on some of those games as well. You got college basketball. The tournament might be coming up here soon. NBA season has tipped off. So it's a great time to go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account, and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. So basically, they'll give you a 50% addition on whatever you bonus with your first deposit. Once again, Use promo code Locked On to take advantage and go to betonline.ag today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. I 
I deemed that this edition of the Locked On Titans podcast was a Talk It Out Tuesday, and the reason is I still have some lingering feelings and some questions about what went wrong for the Titans, not only on Sunday, but this season, and there's no person better to answer those questions than Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. So obviously, audio courtesy of TennesseeTitans.com. Appreciate them for the audio, but let's hear from Titans head coach Mike Vrabel about some of the things that we all have questions about. And, you know, I want to talk about some of the things that he had to say. The first thing, and I'm sure the first thing on your mind, and for me, is the defense. That's obviously the first place to go. So earlier in the season, Earlier in the season, Mike Vrabel said that not having a defensive coordinator was not affecting the defense's performance. So one to two things to ask there. Does Mike Vrabel not value a defensive coordinator? Or does he think his current guys are just doing a great job and it's the player's fault? Well, uh, that was brought back up. And does Mike Vrabel still feel that not having a defensive coordinator um, didn't impact the defense. Yeah, you know, I think that this thing kind of took a life of its own, Joe. And I, you know, I guess that it was really important. But you know, Shane Shane led the meetings. Shane led the walkthroughs. Shane called the defense. Um, and, and and again, I think we get caught up too much in um, in in titles. And, and I and I and I I guess I apologize because you know, clearly didn't think it would would take on a, a life of its own and you know we'll we'll coach better we'll play better um, but those are things that we have to do in all three phases you know there were times that it looked like we put all three phases together played really well and then there were stints where you know we didn't do that and um, you know we're we're going to evaluate the the, the the roster and the coaching staff and. You know, the plays that we run and, and, and the scheme that we have and you know, everything across the board you know, because we ultimately didn't win a championship. First off, I just want to dissect this piece by piece because I hate that answer. Um, one, this became a life of its own. Okay, listen, every staff in the NFL, I mean, I don't know off the top of my head every single staff, but 85%, 80% of NFL defensive staffs have a defensive coordinator. So it's not like we're making something up out of thin air. It's not like the media is asking questions and the fans are asking questions out of thin air. Everyone has a DC that would be like running a restaurant and not having an executive chef. Like you can't have a five-star restaurant without the roles that have been determined that are necessary for success. So here's what happens. You want to talk about uh, a, a life of its own. Well, you know why it matters? And he's like, well, let's not get caught up in titles. You know what titles mean? Titles mean roles. Titles mean responsibilities. Titles mean duties. So you had a guy on the staff. The reason that there's a defensive coordinator is to coordinate the defense, not only the players, but also the coaching staff to disseminate the information. So when you don't replace that guy, what you're doing is you are adding additional roles to other people, whether that be Mike Vrabel's involvement in the defense, whether that be an increased role for Shane Bowen or other members on the staff, you are taking a piece of pie that has to be split up between a certain amount of people, and you are removing a person to eat a slice, which means everybody else has to eat a bigger slice. 
So we didn't make it a life of its own. It's not about titles. It's about responsibility. And it seems, in my opinion, that the Titans defensive coaching staff was overwhelmed. So I hate that answer from Mike Vrabel, shoving it off like it's no big deal. When every other team in the league has a defensive coordinator, it's not like a magical position that was created unnecessarily. It's not a vestigial structure like some, you know, human tail that we don't need anymore due to evolution that you could just get rid of. There's a reason that people have defensive coordinators to split the responsibilities. There's a role a defensive coordinator plays, and clearly uh, divvying up that role amongst the existing staff and not hiring someone to do it was too much for the defense to overcome. We saw that. Uh, The next thing that I want to talk about here, uh, the next thing is, you know, if Shane is going to call the defense, if Shane is going to lead the meetings, if if Shane Bowen is the defensive coordinator, then why not give him the title? What's up with that? Either he's not deserving, or they don't want to pay him for the title, or they don't want to upset other people who think he's not deserving. Either way... It doesn't make any sense. So to say that this took a life of its own is just disrespectful and dishonest, quite frankly. But then the question becomes, why wasn't Shane the DC then? If you give him all the responsibility but not the title. Um, And I got to give props to Paul Kaharski on this one. He asked some tough questions of Mike Vrabel today, and I appreciated it. So shout out, Paul. He asked this question, but why not Shane then? All right. You know, I just, you know, I make decisions a, a, a while ago. And uh, as we worked our way through, um, you know, the off season, it was just a decision I made, uh, Paul. Uh, I make make a lot of decisions, and you know, it's a it's a great honor to be in in a position uh, to make decisions for the team. And, and sometimes um, people agree with them, and sometimes people don't. But uh, we'll keep doing them with the best interest of the team in mind. Well, in my opinion, Mike. The best interest of the team should also include the best interest of the defense, maybe. So the natural question becomes, um, if it wasn't not having a defensive coordinator, then why couldn't they fix the defense? Mm-hmm. I guess you know, there's, you know, we had a couple guys free to make tackles on the quarterback yesterday and a couple guys scramble around. Then we got some third down stops. And, you know, I think there were times where it looked like it was uh, – representative of what we wanted to do from a playing standpoint and and a schematic standpoint. And then, you know, other times it was, you know, shorter distance and that we probably didn't do a good enough job on second down. So I think we're all, you know, we're all responsible. Again, it's going to be about the the, the playing and the coaching uh, when there's things that that don't go well. And then when you see it uh, look good and, and how it's, designed to be um, executed and, and, and coached, you know, it looks pretty good. Yeah, you know, other than the historically bad third down defense, the miserable pass defense, the league worst pass rush with, you know, one of the lowest sack totals we've seen in recent history, you know, other than that, looks pretty good, Mike. Looks pretty good. So, yeah, you know, whatever. So I basically wanted to dedicate this entire segment to to the defense. Obviously, I had a lot of thoughts, ended up on a on a rant there in the middle, but I'm just not satisfied by any of those. And you heard Vrabel, his number one, he gets asked, why didn't you fix the, the third down defense? And his number one thing is, well, in yesterday's game, we had a few opportunities to sack the quarterback and we didn't. Like, oh, but yesterday, did you see the players mess up? Uh... What does that have to do with the entire season? 
So to me, that was a panic answer, and it's kind of a window into, once again, my big knock on Mike Vrabel. Too much of a player's mentality. He does not respect the impact that coaching could have. His answer when asked about his defense is always to criticize the players or bring up a couple of plays where the players didn't make a good opportunity. I'm not saying that he's full on like that, but we I have talked to you and shown you examples in press conferences enough this year to prove that it's obviously a real thing. I think he's a great coach. I don't want him fired. I don't want him to go anywhere. I want Mike Vrabel to stay and be the coach of the Titans, but that doesn't mean he's perfect, and it doesn't mean that he's above us pointing out his his blind spots. So that's what, you know, I intend to do here. Uh, speaking of blind spots, if you got some blind spots in your car, you probably need to do something about your mirrors, maybe get something fixed in there. And if you're going to do that, you need to go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. They got even new carpet if you need that. Everything from your classic to your daily driver. Get it all in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The catalog's unique. It's remarkably easy to use. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and you can choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. And the best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always going to be reliably low. Some places have different prices for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, and make sure you write LOCKED on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you and that box is right underneath your shipping information so locked on in that box and they'll know that you came from the locked on podcast network amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and I talked to you guys earlier about betonline.ag. And before you go, place your wagers and take advantage of that 50% welcome bonus by using promo code Locked On. Make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast, a new venture here from the Locked On Podcast Network, giving you all of your gambling news and analysis. Hosted by your boy Q from the Locked On Raiders podcast. Make sure you guys check out the Locked On Bets podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Let's continue to talk things out as we close out our Tuesday show here. And obviously, we talked about the defense in the last segment, or let my Vrabel talk about the defense. I wasn't very satisfied with those answers, but nonetheless, um, that is the reality of what happened. The defense did not perform, and the obvious thing is we got to move forward to what about the defense in 2021? So an obvious answer that we want is, Mike Vrabel, what are you looking for from your defense next season? Be fast. You want to be, you know, be good tacklers, be sound, be great communicators. Um, you know, I think you have to be smart nowadays. You have to be extremely smart, have great awareness. You know, defense is a lot about in- instincts. You know, and so, so many teams are, you know, play man coverage they're going to try to pick you and if you if you play zone they're they're going to try to spread you out and you know and just the, the scheme each week changes you're getting ready for a different opponent so i think that you have to you have to have just some sort of instincts to you and an awareness but 
you know, great defenses usually are, are really good, good tacklers. You know. Just quickly, you notice his answer there. He really focused on you got to be smart. You got to have awareness. Talked about that quite a bit. And I read too much into things, guys. I admit. I admit I do, but I don't know. Just his defensiveness, how he puts things on the players. It just kind of seems like he's calling his defense stupid. Like they didn't have good enough awareness on defense to, you know, stop the things that they were put in position to stop. I don't, I don't know. I, I Don't hold me to that. Don't hold me to that one. Just saying. I, I get those vibes. I get those vibes. But um, that's a kind of a, a low-consequence answer. Let's hear something that really matters. And we got to hear about Isaiah Wilson, guys. I mean, it's time. The season's over. We didn't need to worry about him while the season was going on. We had a job at hand. But the Titans are going to need Isaiah Wilson in 2021. Maybe, you know, that's what he was drafted for. We can't just let the guy fade into oblivion. There has to be something going on here. So, Mike Rabel was asked point blank, what's the status on Isaiah Wilson? What is going on? Uh, you know, I can't comment on, on Isaiah. You know, I, I wouldn't even begin to, to, to be able to eloquently have an answer for you. Oh, I think that's an answer, Mike. The, the way that he used the word eloquently. Not, I, I'm just, once again, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, guys, but you just heard his tone of voice there. I think Isaiah's done. I, 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 I'm going to say this now. I don't think Isaiah Wilson ever plays for the Tennessee Titans ever again. I think they go after a signing bonus in court. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he is on the roster next year. Hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I think they're done with him. And I think he's shown that uh, he doesn't care about football. So, he's a young guy. I tried to make every excuse in the world. I made an awesome Panda video for him after the draft. Can't believe I wasted my life doing that on this. But, uh, yeah, that tone of voice, that answer. Yeah. See ya. But uh, what about the rest of the rookies? I mean, just a historic failure and getting production out of the rookie class for the Titans in a spot when they needed it most. Why the other rookies struggle so much? You know, with those other guys, you know, the injuries, you know, did hurt. And, and I also think that the offseason, you know, I feel like we, we, we put our guys, our young players, in a great position in the offseason. You know, we try to structure their day in, in May and, and June the same way that we did, would in September and October. So that they're coming in early, you know, they're they're building a routine, a functioning routine of coming in early, working out, getting treatment, having breakfast, going to a meeting at the same time that we would start our team meeting and uh, the season, you know, going to position meetings, going out on the field at, in some capacity, having lunch, and then going back in for for meetings afterwards. And I think that that builds a, a, a positive routine for these guys and for them not to have that um, I think you know, probably you know hurts and then the injuries you know certainly set some of those players back now obviously Fulton was injured Evans had injuries but the reality is Every team dealt with those circumstances. Every team had a limited offseason just the same. So that's absolutely no excuse for Mike Vrabel to use. It makes me mad 
that he makes excuses like that. He just seems like the type of guy that would just say, you know, he always goes, we got to play better, we got to coach better line. But when he gets really pressed, and you can tell that the question kind of has him a little upset, he just goes straight into deflect mode. Straight into deflect mode. And it just, back to that blind spot. He, I just don't think he, it's hard to say this because he's a coach, but sometimes I just don't think he fully understands the impact that a coach can have on a team. I think he puts a little bit too much on it being the player's responsibility. And I know it's a healthy balance of both, but since he was a player, sometimes I think in his mind he's like, well, I was a player and that happened because I messed up. And I like that personal accountability to a point, but he takes it so far that he just makes the players accountable nonstop. And I think not hiring a DC, some of these answers, we can see a pattern here that he may not respect the impact of coaching. I know as a coach, that's kind of crazy to think about, but we have some logical pieces of evidence here is all I'm saying. So let's continue to move forward to two big questions coming out of the game on Sunday that we need answers to. And number one is what the heck happened with Corey Davis? Why wasn't he out on the field in the fourth quarter? Why do you have his helmet off? We didn't hear any specific injury. So, you know, what's up, Mike? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if Corey, you know, we don't we don't talk about injuries, but you know, I mean, clearly, if Corey was able to finish that football game, um, you know, he would have, and uh, he would have tried to done everything that he could have done to to help us win. It just that wasn't going to be a possibility uh, at that time. I don't know about you guys, but that's not a very good answer to me either. He said we don't talk about injuries. And then said Corey would have been out there help the team if he could. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a couple of different things. Maybe Corey did get injured, but he is about to become a free agent. And Mike Rabel knows that if he says that Corey got injured in the game, it may hurt his free agency. And just Mike Rabel have an empathy for a player in his spot that he's been in before. He just wanted to protect Corey a little bit in that circumstance. Um Maybe it's just a water under the bridge thing, and he's just like, who cares? You know, whatever. He wasn't out there to play. Uh, I don't know, but mm, doesn't pass the smell test to me. The last thing that Mike Vrabel talked about and to round off our show today is that fourth and two. Um, per pro football reference, is basically the most cowardly decision not to go for it in um, what? What is it? 2021 now, almost uh, 27 years. Since 1994, never had a coach down by one score in the fourth quarter, past the 50-yard line, fourth and two or less, in a playoff game, and not go for it. And a coach that is historically aggressive. So, Mike, why didn't you go for it? You know, I just it, you try to get a feel for the game and, and see how things are going. And, you know, we've made decisions um, that have worked out. And, you know... That, that was the one we went with. And again, second guess. Yeah, we always second guess everything that we do that doesn't work out. We lost the game. You know, so that's that's our charge is to to find out why. Um and 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 question everything that we do and when we don't when we don't win. And um that's that's no different than any other situation. I just felt like that's you know, felt like we'd get a stop, felt like we'd get the ball back and, and score. And, you know, they hit a couple of plays. We held them to a field goal and uh, had an opportunity there at the end. Just 
just went with that, went made a decision and, and, and went with it and tried to be as decisive as we could, but we lost the game. So that, uh, you know, there's a lot of those decisions that come up throughout the game. Okay, so the last thing that I want to say about that, that last statement there, um, criticized Mike, you know, his answers, but, man, he's sad right there when he said we lost the game. I don't know. I could I could feel it. Like, I could feel his sadness. Like, he really is sad. And he's got to get up there and answer all the questions and do what he's got to do and, and put on a face. But, man, hearing that last answer right there, he's sad. And uh, despite all my criticism, as I mentioned, I want Mike Vrabel as my head football coach, despite the blind spots. Nobody's perfect. And uh, I'll, I'll take Mike's imperfections for the good that he brings if he hires a defensive coordinator. If he hires a defensive coordinator. But anyway, we're going to get out of here on that today. want to remind you guys, uh, it's draft season, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into um, mock draft Mondays again. All that's coming up throughout the all season. And, and with that in mind, it's time to get back into the NFL Draft podcast, Locked on NFL Draft. Uh, a great resource for you guys to get ready. The Titans obviously have some big personnel needs that they need to fill and some players that they sure as heck better get some production out of this year. If any of the players from 2020's draft play good in 2021, it's going to feel like two drafts being rookies at the same time because of what happened this year. So the Titans definitely need to hit it out of the park this draft if they want to win a Super Bowl next year, and it's time to get ready for that. So check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. That's going to do it for me today. As I said, subscribe to whatever platform you do stream for the Locked On Titans Podcast Monday through Friday content all all season long. But it's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.